Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Ryan Turner, your registered dietitian here to fuel you. And several times a week, I'm going to be coming to you with impactful, impactful five-minute shorts and also amazing guest stories, all to help you overcome and overcome binge eating, improve performance, and support your body composition goals. Remember that if it's working for you, your health, your mindset, and your definition of success, no one deserves to tell you different. You do you fuel you. All right. We have an amazing person to talk to, just an amazing human altogether. I've interacted with Natalia here um, a number of times over at Tone House, um, and some of our conversations have just really interested me and really her <laughs> her origin story or just kind of who she was as a person. And so um, I wanted to make sure that I can share her with everyone who has not had the um, <laughs> the amazing chance to actually see her. But Natalia, before we jump into your introduction, because I'm going to let you introduce yourself, uh, but I want you to introduce yourself this way, because I think it's so personal still, is in the way of a meal. And I want you to really welcome all of us um, by introducing yourself, a piece of food, it could be a meal that you make, a meal that you bring us out to, uh, but how could you introduce yourself to us without really saying anything, but just, it would be food, what would it be? I like this question. Um, it's going to have to be a very hearty whole cup of overnight oats. And here's why. Okay. <laughs> oats are very filling, right? They hit a lot of boxes in terms of nutrient standpoints, protein being one of them. Um, and that's a big thing for me. So there's that keep me full for a long time. Um, I'll add all the seeds, all the nuts, particularly hemp seeds, flax, ground flax seed. Um, some pumpkin seed, if I'm feeling frisky that day, <laughs> and then I'll throw in almonds, blueberries, and banana. The bananas for the extra sweetened, um, touch cashew milk, because I love it. And it's very fatty and I find I need to get some good fats throughout the day. So like overall, it's just a meal that when I reach for, I'm full, I'm satisfied. I'm content. I'm like licking my lips because I, I love it. So I think that describes me because I'm easygoing. I can just grab it and go. Um, I'm going to be like hearty. My interactions with people are like of substance, or at least I like to partake in conversations like that. Um, and I check a lot of boxes, you know, I check a lot of boxes. <laughs> I love that. That's a perfect day. We've so I've had, I've had a few answers and, you know, from just like a taco to an egg to, you know, a pizza. Um, and that was the most, uh, substantive uh, answer so far. And that's amazing. And I feel like that itself, you can break that down into kind of who you are and why you do what you do and stuff. Um, but I think that's where I want to go um, next, really. You know, I love when people can jump into a podcast and as they're listening, they can actually look up the person. I've done that. And so maybe I just kind of feel it out. But where could people find more about you without knowing more about you right now? Um, my website, it's www.itsnatalia.com. Um, has some information on my backstory and what I do, how I work with clients. Tone House's website has a nice bio about me um, underneath the coaches section that kind of goes into my backstory as well. And then my Instagram, which is a handle at Tala Than You. My nickname is Tala, T-A-L-A-T-H-A-N-Y-O-U. Um, that's a picture into my everyday life. Awesome. So wait, tell me about your name on Instagram because I've always been curious too. So it's, so it's Tala. Tala. So a long time ago, um, which is not spelled that way, right? Phonetically, it looks like Th Thalia. Am I, am I wrong? 
It, there isn't an H. Um, some people think, some people think <laughs> Why do I think there is an H? That. <laughs> there is that is like the Mandela effect kind of thing? I don't know if that is. Maybe, maybe. Um, I want, my nickname was, I think we were like betting on another nickname that had already been taken by a really good friend of mine who lived in the neighborhood. Oh. Um, and at the time I was pretty tall for a girl. Mm-hmm. So tall, that, that came later oh. with the Instagram handle. Tall is what we decided on. And then the Instagram handle was because I was being cheeky that I'm taller than everybody. And then I just used my nickname, Tala than you. And then it stuck. And then I didn't want to get rid of it. And now it's a little confusing because all my clients know me by Nat or Natalia. Okay. And my homies know me by Tala. We <laughs> <laughs> it all together and we let people decide. Okay. Well, good. That's, that helps me out. I've always been a little curious, but now we know. Um, but yes, so here we have Natalia Perez Signini. Um, and I, I was sharing with her before we actually hit record just about, you know, some, I, I do try and do uh, a good bit of just research for people that want to listen really as I, um, as I kind of build this podcast back up, I had a previous podcast now kind of redeveloping and rebranding. It's been really fun. Actually, I've been really enjoying it. Um, but the idea here is to make sure that we're bringing people on and kind of understanding kind of people's origin stories and, um, more from the side of like trainers and dietitians and clinicians, and even chefs, people who would end up connecting with nutrition in some kind of way. But as I mentioned before, that a lot of people will look at people in the industry and, they really define themselves by that as a trainer, as a dietitian, or as a chef. And sometimes we miss the person behind that, what it took to get there. And that's what I think drew me to Natalia to really kind of have this deeper conversation. And she can go as deep as she wants to. She doesn't have to go as deep as maybe I, um, I've i seen her as I uh, kind of wanted to, which is really fun. So we'll see where we go with it. Um, but why don't we start with this, Natalia, if you're cool. I think I can introduce you beyond a meal, this amazing meal, this amazing overnight oats that you mentioned, but, um, why do you do you, why do you do what you do? And, you know, um, yeah. Why do you do what you do rather? Short and sweet. Um, I mean, the short answer is to help people, but the longer answer, and I think that's probably very similar for a lot of people that are in caregiving, caretaking, um, people to people roles. Mm-hmm. For me, it's it's really to show people that the only relationship that matters, not to say that others don't matter, but the only one that truly matters is the one that you have with yourself and how you're able to foster that relationship through movement, through nutrition, through mindfulness practices, through a plethora of other things that I could throw in there. But the big, the big picture rooting down to the relationship you have with yourself. Um, I want to show people that all they really need is, is them. And the more confidence they can have in their own relationship with self, the, the easier, the more vibrant life becomes. And that's through my own personal experience, which I'm happy to divulge in, but it comes down to like not wanting to be sick and tired and bored and any other negative word that we can throw in there about your existence. I think that that's why I do what I do. And it shows up in different ways. Obviously movement and fitness is a big one, but nutrition and mindfulness is, is a huge one. And mental health is right there in the corner as well. Okay. Awesome. You cut out there for a second, just for a short second, but I think we got, and I think it's on my, I think it's my, my side. Um, but I think we got the gist of all of that. And I think it's, I love what you said too, because if not that I want to give my own thought or my own feeling of someone I'm talking to, because I want you to be the one who's really kind of introducing yourself, but, um, 
I was just thinking through some things about kind of what I felt with my interactions with you and how other people might. And there were two words that kind of kept coming up as I listened to another interview of yours and I read more about you was just um, peaceful and spiritual. And those were two things and uh, that I felt were very much described you. Um, and I thought it was interesting because of, you know, other things that have kind of gone on in your life. And maybe I'm making it sound deeper than it is. I don't know. You let oh. me know here. Um, but let me go, let me take, take that idea. And I want people to kind of hear what you just said, hear what I felt when, you know, I interact and read about you. And I want to ask you this is, have you always had these beliefs around nutrition and fitness um, or has there been an evolution over time? Definitely an evolution. Um, I was not always this person. Um, and some of my friends who have been with me for, for the lifetime can attest to that. Okay. Um, no, I, I was, there was a huge portion of my life where I wasn't taking care of myself. I grew up as an athlete and it was ingrained in my head um, to fuel your body to be able to perform, right? And to be able to have energy and want to go to practice, want to play a game. Um, so that was rooted in me, but I kind of got sick of, of that and of, of the structure and really just the structure. So I, I went off, meh, let me rephrase. I was about to say I went off the deep end, right? But that's a negatively connotated phrase. So okay. I'm going to take a moment to retract that and mm -hmm. instead say, I chose a different path that served me at the time, which was having a good time, really not prioritizing movement or nutrition, pretty much just eating whatever the hell I wanted, which showed up as fast food, um, not, not good choices, a lot of fried food, a lot of empty carbs, a lot of sweet treats and sodas. And the classic when you're out of time, but the bodega is open and you want to reach for something that, you know, tastes good, but really isn't good for you. I loved it. Um, to the point where I was, I was not only lethargic, I was definitely not content with life, definitely unhappy, definitely functionally depressed. And then it turned into, you know, a different avenue where I was turning to substances to help blur my reality and help um, fog what I was feeling. And those substances showed up in, in for years, for years. So I, I mentioned before the idea of being getting, I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. And the, the first thing I did was turn to nutrition because I had an overwhelming like energy feeling that if I put if I've changed what I put into my body, then how I show up outwards must change, that it must come from within first was what I was telling myself. So I started with nutrition and I just focused on what makes me feel good. And that kind of snowballed into, okay, how can I fuel myself? In that time period, I had reacquainted myself with the gym and movement and remembered like, oh, oh, that's right. I'm an athlete. I don't have to be this way. Um, I have a choice in the matter. I just need to work on the same team as myself. So that kind of snowballed as well. And then I found myself leaving my, my old job, which we might get into, and then more opportunities presented itself. I was on the right path. I, I started working on the same team. So they've completely evolved and they only are getting more refined and refined simply because I'm no, I know myself better. Every day I get to know myself a little bit better. The relationship with myself gets stronger. What I want, what I crave, what I need becomes clearer. So I, I don't have any hesitation to reach for it. Awesome. Okay. And so that it, yeah. So this is, I do, I do want to take a step back for a second. Sure. Um, but just knowing that you have not always been this person right now, which I think just makes 
who you are today, probably that much richer. But if you were to, so what I'm hearing is this, is that you grew up as an athlete and then there was a period, maybe not so aligned with that kind of athletic lifestyle and maybe mindset. And then there is, um, there's a little bit more where you feel like you're all connected. You're all on the same team with yourself is kind of how you're, you're saying it right now, but a more healthful athletic kind of lifestyle again. Yeah. What was the difference? What's the difference between you now and when you were an athlete, when you were younger, were those the same people or was there no, no, something no. else there? Same, same personality, same. Um, what's that? What's that personality and that energy that would be the same? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm definitely very, I'm very silly. I'm very playful. I mm. I'm just trying to have a good time in life. And I was like that on the soccer field. I was like that with my teammates. I, I was never really taking myself too seriously because yeah. that would lead to something else. And I've seen other siblings and other people close to me that were like really lasered in. It's like, they're not having any fun. I'm not trying to do that. So that, that fun, loving, playful energy has always been there. Um, but the, desire to know myself on a level that's like lethal not not lethal. I say it like that in a <laughs> right. Piece, right like that that I have such an arsenal now that I I can oh I need this I need that right from my my toolkit of myself I didn't have that level of curiosity the curiousness was there but it popped off when I wasn't aligned in life and then I that that spark just became a you know a full-blown forest fire as the evolution progressed got it okay so um, still the same energy, right? Um, so much that you learned about yourself. And there's this period, right? Where sports, athleticism, healthful mindsets, healthy lifestyle wasn't so much um, uh, front and center. Yeah. What was going on? Like when, when oh, was this? I, I was partying. I was, I was having a great time doing yeah. bad things um, and loved it. This was really di directly going into college when I was like, okay, I'm not, I went to UNC Chapel Hill. The mm -hmm. I played soccer. The girls there are next level cream of the crop, best of the best. Um, no, no, I went in like no shot. Um, and I'm not, I'm not going to take that avenue. Cause I clearly told myself I'm here to have a good time. Sure. Well, you were like, you were playing soccer in high school, right? I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure you were playing, playing at more competitive levels too. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and didn't, and didn't want to, didn't want to do, do that anymore. I didn't okay. want to be it. that type of person. So yeah. instead, of, instead of sports, I chose partying. I chose drinking a lot. Um, I chose staying up late. I went into bartending for a while and that only like perpetuated the nightlife lifestyle and the like, nocturnal way of living. At least I was very nocturnal at the time. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not going to speak for everybody that's in that lifestyle because this is New York and there's a lot of people that do this job that don't have issues with substances or don't have <laughs> issues with health. Sure. But that, I, I was not, was not one of them. Well, um, I will, I will connect with you there. I was, you know, in grad school and everything else, I was working in restaurants. I was, and uh, even in like uh, in the, in my undergrad too, and the industry itself is addicting. Now I was, I was more like, I was, I was more like fine dining and all that kind of stuff. And it wasn't bartending. So like definitely difference there, but you definitely saw substance abuse and it wasn't substance abuse. It was, it wasn't the healthiest lifestyle, the healthiest yeah. mindset. Like you would, you would end up working like an evening shift until like, you know, 1am and you had to be back at like six o'clock, you know, right. next day, if it was brunch. Right. And so it's like, no one's taking care of themselves as yeah. you know, the majority at least wasn't. It's hard. Yeah. 
and so. it does and it does describe the kind of person you probably were bartending and like that's the party girl that's that's the exciting I girl. The girl and i i loved it um yeah. i loved it but it, it got once i left i mean that that party girl let's call it phase didn't just stay in college um she came to new york she came to new york and she had a she had a grand old time the first yeah. the first few years in new york um at the time i was in working in a sales job um i was in journalism prior to that and kind of became disillusioned by how our country gathers news and and distributes that news and i took a sharp right turn because i realized that my intentions were feeling a little superficial and I was spiritual enough, I guess, self-aware enough to understand that that was not, not who I was or wanted to be. So I sharp, sharp right it into a uh, industry rather that would benefit my communication skills and that I could monetize those. And sales seemed like a quick fix. Mm-hmm. I ended up being in that role for a good chunk of my life. And half of that um, time, I was still the same old party chick that now just had more money, but more expenses in a very expensive city, but was still not, not um, using all the resources that she had to better her life, to better her life. So it was a, a defining moment where I kind of just woke up. It's like, okay, this has got to stop and it has to start with me. Let's start with food. Okay. Got it. Just, so I want to just take a step back again with the, with the job that you had. So the yeah. job you had, I, I am, I think, I believe I heard it was more, it was ad sales, right? I think it was yeah. specifically in the, in like the tech space. Exactly. Um, what, what was that lifestyle? Like I hear you, I hear Natalia within that, but what was your environment? Like, was it, yeah. was it fast paced? Was it like, I'm hearing money. I'm hearing probably going out now, yeah. right? Like what else was around that? So a big, the work environment being a tech company, it does have like college vibes where, um, it's a big open floor plan. It's a lot of people your age, or at least within in your generation and your age gap. Um, a lot of free food, cool toys in the office, which was fun, and a lot of going out. We had a keg in the office. So I think okay. at five, people would go upstairs and start to let loose. So the environment was, yeah, it was a lot of fast pace, get your money, do your, do your stuff, um, and we'll give you everything that you need so you stay in, in, in this zone, in this happy place to keep working. So for that, that, that manifested in me as don't bucket time for yourself on how, what makes you feel good. Instead, turn to things that can quickly pick you up, like mm-hmm. an energy drink, for instance, like a Red Bull. Oh, I wouldn't dare now, but like a Red Bull or <laughs> cigarettes. Those were a huge crutch for me. And a lot of people don't know this about me. I was, a, I smoked a pack a day for a, a good portion of my life. I was a cigarette yes. smoker for easy five years um, and had to wean myself off. And that happened through mindfulness practices, but showed up as drinking in, in, in the middle of the day. Um, that was fun. And, and at the time I was thinking it was fun, but yeah. it was just a blur. It was just a way to blur. Yeah. The work environment was very friendly, very extroverted. So mm-hmm. it brought out these um, aspects of me that wanted to keep doing. And yeah. as I got to know myself, I realized that I don't have that energy. I, re- I really don't. It's a false sense of energy that I retain when I'm around big groups of people for extended period of time. Sure. As I got to myself, I realized that this is not the environment for me. That's really interesting. Did you feel as if you had to do those things and partake in the drinking and everything else? Like, uh, from, from what I hear, there's nothing like I wasn't good at my job. I'm going to assume with your energy and everything that you were really good at what you did, Yeah. but you know, did you feel as if, if you were to 
enter that that job now with the lifestyle and the mindset you have, what would what would change? There's two things butting up against each other. Yeah. Would something give? Yeah. I was very money motivated at the time. I wanted to climb the ladder. I wanted to, I was in this headspace of how can I prove my worth to society if I had to sum it up? And that showed up as like, how much clout do I have? How much pull do I have? How, how, how popular am I? How much money can I appear to make despite how much I'm making? And this again comes with a, my, a very naive mindset of a young 20 year old, mid 20 year old. My, my, my frontal lobe wasn't fully formed yet. Um, but those were my, those were my motivations. So the big switch to answer your question is I'm not motivated by money anymore. Not like I love money. We all love money. I buy, I buy shit, <laughs> but I, it's not my motivating factor. The motivating factor is something that I, it's, isn't tangible. It's not something that you can grasp. It's a sensation, a feeling, a connection, a conversation, that spark that you see in someone, someone's eyes when they're like, oh, I can do this myself. Mm-hmm. And not even translating to just movement, but just like life moments. Mm-hmm. That's really what mm-hmm. motivates me now. I don't, I think I'd still do really well in this setting if I drop back in simply from the access to my personality traits that I can monetize or use for, for benefit. But I think I'd wither away. I think I'd continue to turn to these things that numb what's going on because I don't want to. I don't want to accept that I'm there. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Kind of, yeah. It definitely, yeah. It does. It, um, it is saying that I think that that environment it does create a certain kind of person. You could go yeah. back into that and you could be successful, yeah. but maybe and correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe it's not as sustainable, not from a, a not so much of an energy standpoint, but just from a, um, a goal standpoint, it's just that you're not driven by money anymore. So it's not as if you couldn't do it. It's the fact that what's driving everyone else to do it is just not what your motivating thing is anymore. Bingo. Sustainable is a really good, a really good word. Okay. The motivation towards money wasn't sustainable for me. Yeah. And the energy wasn't sustainable either. Sure. So definitely a part of your, it was a, it was a phase of your life that you, that yeah. you maybe could take it. Um, and oh, it helped me tremendously. Like what I've gained <laughs> from that job, I bring into everything else. That's for sure. That's awesome. You, you refine some, some skill sets that I think was very strategic, even though it was completely accidental that it happened mm. at that age in my life. Because as I got older, I was like, Oh, I can repurpose this and pack yeah. it to look like this now. Yeah. Is, is there cool. anyone else that you know that you worked with that, um, you know, obviously don't mention names if you do, yeah. but anybody else that is either like still there or anyone else that ended up stepping out to become something different? Totally. Yeah. Um, not a lot, but a big enough handful of people that have done something different, um, completely different where it just, it, it hits me again. Like not everybody, we're not all the same people. We're not all the same people. We're not all meant to do the same things in the same way with the same structure. And when people weed themselves out or they get weeded out, um, it's just illuminating that we're not all this one size peg that in, sits in the same hole. Like somebody's a square, somebody's a triangle, somebody's a star. We all have our own lane. So to see other people weed themselves out is just reassuring that, oh, there's another person that's not this shape. Not to yes. say that it's bad. It's just not everybody's the same shape. Yeah. It's almost like you can go in there different shapes and you can hold a different shape for a small period of time, but it's going right. to, at some point you need to expand and you're going to end up, you know, out 
outliving or out, you know, not going to fit in that hole anymore. Right. Um, so that's, um, I hear that. Okay. So we're here. We, you know, you grew up as an athlete. You're, you know, you're very active. Life is just kind of like bringing you along at that point. You're just decided yeah. like I was there too, like soccer teams, like three soccer teams at a time playing lacrosse. Like it was just like, you never knew. Like I look back now. I was like, how did I do all that? How did my parents do all that? Right, right. Um, Right. And then you graduated, you went into um, the workforce at that point, you found a career that you were really excelling at, you really did enjoy it, it did lead, lead you to a certain lifestyle. And then I, at some point, something did, did something break, did something give, was there just a something that snapped, like what, what was it that then kind of brought you closer to the Natalia that I'm talking with today? Yeah, um, something switched. Something switched inside me, kind of like a light, a light switch is how I imagine it. Something switched where I was repeating patterns so frequently that at that point it was so annoying. I was just annoyed at myself. Like, here we go again, same freaking pattern. Like, what is that? Yeah. What does that mean? Like, like, what was it like? You're, I hear you. You're saying that you were annoyed, like, but that annoyance obviously was bringing you to something or it was showing in some kind of way. What was that? Yeah, it really comes back to substances like cigarettes or alcohol. Um, those were two of the big ones for me. Got it. Where they leave me feeling disgusting. And like the next day after whatever it is that I did, um, it just, it's, I wait, I, okay, I guess this is how I shorten it. I woke up not feeling like the person I wanted to feel like too oh, many it. times, okay. too many times. Yeah. And, and each time I had the, I knew the answer. I knew why I felt the way I felt. And I wasn't doing anything about it. And that's what annoyed me. So it really just, it became a level of want. I always Mm -hmm. wanted it. I always secretly wanted it. Mm -hmm. I just didn't want it enough. And then one Mm -hmm. day something switched and I was like, enough is enough. You want it. Like, let's do it. And that's when I tried to take the, what's the easiest, smallest step that I can take that will get me to another place. Because at that point, I wasn't really entirely sure who I wanted to be or what I stood for in terms of like my relationship with myself. And food was so accessible. I do it so many times a day. It has a direct impact on how I feel almost immediately, especially the next day and the next day. Like this ripple effect could be huge for me. So let's start with something tiny. Like what snack am I going to choose? And then it evolves from there. Okay, got it. I hear you that you're saying that it kind of evolved more from nutrient. You didn't feel well and the food was where you really started there. You're yeah. not the only uh, trainer that um, I've I've discussed, you know, this evolution with where it was almost something as this um, hibernating type of personality or a hibernating person that at some point they just felt like they didn't fit their shell anymore yeah. and they needed to kind of come out of it. And um, as I continue to have these discussions, you know, this is something where I, I want to uncover that, right? It's like yeah. the, the person is is able to evolve. Maybe the, may, maybe you were evolving within that shell still, um, but other people too, I think thinking that like, oh, I can't change or yeah. you know what, I've already, I've, I've already lived this experience. I've been this way for that long. I can't change. And I'm hoping these stories just, they really, they, they, they inspire people, right? Um, because you're inspiring in your own way for so many people here, you know, but I think people, well, she was, so, right, you know, kind of just.
And um, it's okay, cool. So we're seeing this, you're not feeling well, you're waking up, you've seen this frequency increase just how, yeah. so it's, a, it's like, it's like a feeling. It wasn't as if there was this, um, you know, health scare, unless there was, it wasn't as if there was this physical uh, change, right? Some people might feel like, you know, this uh, negative kind of um, aesthetic that they're not really happy with. And that finally gets them to click. But for you, it was really kind of deep down and kind of yeah. soulful for you to want to make that change. That's what it sounds like. Yeah, it was really deep. It was really deep. It was so deep. It took me damn near a decade to figure, to figure out how deep it was. Um, <laughs> but we figured it out. Okay. And you mentioned something about health concerns. So the initial shift on switching into, you know, a more healthful, vibrant, self-aware lifestyle, it started with that deep awakening. But I didn't become a vegan until a few years into that journey. And me becoming a vegan was a health, not a health concern, but I had developed where I went to like a few doctors that said, you, you, you're screwed. You have IBS. You can't eat all of these things. And it was oh, like okay. a laundry list of things yeah. that terrified me. Um, and at this point I had been a year suffering from symptoms that just didn't make sense. My health journey was strong. I wasn't choosing, um, bad for me things. At least I thought, and I couldn't figure it out. I couldn't figure it out. I looked down at my plates. I swear this is healthy. What's going on. So when I came to the third doctor who striked me out of this like huge list of foods, I convinced myself that there's no way that this person can, that can be right. I don't have to cut out all these foods. There has to be another way. And over the course of like another year, maybe a little bit less, I started to take, I started to let my body lead and stop thinking so much. And eventually I looked down at my plate and I had cut out red meat. It really didn't occur to me that I was doing it. I had cut out cheese, which is wild because cheese was my favorite thing. <laughs> if, you, if you knew me, you knew I would eat a wheel of brie to the face in 10 minutes. <laughs> Loved it. Um, family gatherings, they get a whole separate brie wheel because I was a big deal for me to have that. <laughs> <laughs> so Just labeled Natalia's. Yeah. It was eventually. Um, so that was, that's a big thing for me to cut that out. I realized that I wasn't reaching for milk anymore. I just stopped doing that. And the only thing that was left on my plate was chicken. And at that point I had this aha moment of, oh, my brain's catching up to my body. And what happens if I take this off my plate? At first it kind of started as an experiment um, to see if there was a craving there still. And lo and behold, like within a few weeks to a month, these symptoms that I had been experiencing started to significantly subside. And at that point, I couldn't, I couldn't wash away what this experiment was. And it just started to snowball. I started to feel different. And then there was a whole nother journey on understanding how to fuel yourself properly from a plant-based lens, because that and still, I'm still figuring it out. Um, but I can proudly, confidently, and boldly say I feel the best I've ever felt in my life from a nutritional standpoint um, and just a sense of self standpoint. It's amazing. How um, how do you feel? Your and so how how long exactly have you been practicing and continually learning about veganism? It's been three years now. Three years. Three years. Excellent. Got it. Um, and how you're, you've kind of mentioned this too, you've kind of on the surface, you said you've, uh, your performance and you know, how you feel has been really great in three years. How do you feel like if you can get a little bit more vivid here in terms of how veganism has really supported you, I guess one physically, but then mentally. Um, ooh, okay. These are two good ones. Physically I'm 
I'm the majority of the food that I eat is produce, fruits, um, fresh, I guess that's the real fresh. And that just has a huge effect on Mm -hmm. my day to day and how I feel. If I skip a day where I don't have anything fresh, oh, it's, it's felt. Yeah. I know that feel. Yeah. And it's kind of icky. Like, you know, you're doing it. It's kind of like when your mom says, don't go in the cookie jar. And like, as she walks out of the room, you're like, (laughs) like, that's the kind of feeling I get with it. Um, I could keep going. Like my, I, I have the energy, but it's, it's like this, again, this false energy. Um, so the instant feeling, I feel fresh. I feel crisp. (laughs) Um, that comes with the fresh fruit intake from, from being a vegan, but the mental aspect, wow. It's, it's taken my understanding of what feels good to me to a whole new level, because you have to experiment. You have to get into the weeds on what to pair with each other, when to pair it with each other, or you, or you'll miss out on some key nutrients and some key amino acids that will leave you feeling hurt. And I've experienced that. I've, I've just like, only ate sweet potatoes and only ate black beans and it was so rigid because I didn't know what the hell I was doing in the Mm -hmm. beginning and I didn't pick up the book and my sister had been a vegan for almost double the amount of time Mm. I think she's on year seven um now so she was but she doesn't she's not an athlete she doesn't feel her body like that she lives off avocado and hummus so she wasn't like a beacon of light to follow but it was an understanding that if she could do it I could do it um all that to say, I'm, I'm so much more um, aware of what I can pair together that can create something that's going to be particularly nutritious or of, of high um, subs, of high worth to my body at the time. Mm-hmm. And it. I did not have that before I was vegan. I was just like chicken, rice, broccoli, boom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which in itself can get extremely, um, I think, limiting too. When you, yeah. you know, whether vegan or not, and just really eating like, you know, I always say that Americans really only eat like ten to twelve of the same foods anyway, um, and they get very comfortable with that. But I think yeah. a lot of uh, vegans can't be that, right? Yeah. Ten, you have to be a little more adventurous and at least open to kind of changing some things around yeah. to get everything you actually need. Um, if you were to, if you were to take your veganism today and bring that back into your past experiences, do you think it would have changed anything? Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. Um, I think it, I would have been, I would have tapped into this more spiritual side of myself earlier. And, but I don't think I needed to, honestly, the way that my life has progressed and everything that's happened is, has felt so, I, I shy away from using the word perfect, um, because I don't really believe that there's a perfect in anything, but it, yeah. it, it feels, feels very aligned. I'll, I'll yeah. go with that. It feels very okay. aligned, but okay. yeah, I think it would have a dramatic impact on, on my sense of self. Got it. Can I ask you what, what would be the first step? Cause how you got into veganism was one, I think knowing your sister was doing it was, a, was oh, a helpful driver behind it. Not saying that she was one who changed you, but just knowing that it was there was you oh, know, yeah. familiar. Um, and then there was, you mentioned IBS being something that kind of brought yeah. you there too. And so I do, and I think you've heard about it too, probably, or heard from people about wanting to go vegan for maybe more of a, an aesthetic kind of base or because they've seen a certain like movie or, you know, uh, it's the word I'm thinking of right now. Uh, by somebody. Well, yeah, whatever. Yeah. So, um, you've seen something, um, and they want to start it. And I think, you know, starting it for, there could be not that any reasons wrong, but I think starting it for something that maybe doesn't feel as like deep down and connected with, but they do want to start it regardless. Right. So (laughs) maybe it's a long way of me asking here, just 
how do you think someone could take the first steps into appropriately um, bringing them closer to a plant-based or closer to a vegan lifestyle? Yeah, um, this is an interesting question because I had a relative that was living with me for a good amount of time and he actually came into this vegetarian vegan lifestyle completely. I wasn't pushing it on him. I don't push my lifestyle on anybody because I don't think it's for everybody. Mm -hmm. And I'm not out here trying to give you unsolicited advice, especially for family members. So he was adopting adopting these these, um, new patterns. And he was reaching for, you know, the same, the same ish, which was like rice and beans, just, just rice and beans pretty much, um, which has a lot of flaws behind it. So I guess I tell that backstory to say, I think an easy way to get acclimated to the idea is to try one new vegetable, legume, grain, one new thing that you haven't tried per week. And that's easy. Let's be real. That is easy to do, right? So something more challenging is three times a week, but I like to bite very, very small, prove to myself that I can swallow it and then take Mm -hmm. a bigger bite later. So one new thing, one new thing, I'm talking like brand new, like you've never eaten a lent, never eaten. You've never had a black lentil, have one. You've never had a mung bean, cook them. Like do it the right way, not from the can. Ooh, that felt wrong. (laughs) I don't want to use the word the right way right? Because there isn't a right way to do plant-based or to do vegan or, or to do nutrition as a whole, right? There's a way that works for you. So I want to scratch that, scratch that from, from, from the copy piece <laughs> that um, one authentic way of cooking something the, mm. from the ground up as best as you can. Yeah. So that would probably be my tip because okay. there's so many things. The grocery store is full of things you have Yeah. It's excellent. I, you know, in terms of veganism, which I, I, I know we're focusing on a lot right now. So I hear so many people that want to get started, but they're starting from a place of like a complete absence of anything plant-based whatsoever in terms of like fruit, vegetable. Like, so I always, I will always tell somebody, why don't we start with getting your fiber numbers up first? If you can show me that you're going to eat that much fiber, you have a great base for us starting a more plant-based or vegan lifestyle, right? So, because a lot of people will watch something like, um, you know, Game Changers or something. I'll be like, well, I saw that that guy had a better erection when he had avocados. Well, I'm like, well, <laughs> why don't you just eat some avocados instead yeah, of trying I'm to think you got to change your own lifestyle around? I'm like, okay, cool. But it's, you know, uh, I always use my fiber rule people. I'm always like, why don't you try Just show me you can do this. Two, four, one, right? Two, two fruits in a day, four handfuls of non-starchy vegetable and one meal at least with beans, oats, or potatoes. Start there. Show me you can do that. Not saying you, you can do more if you want, but, right. but start with that because it can be a foundation of more of like where your plant-based needs to go. Then let's build in your plant-based proteins and all that kind of stuff yeah, too. Yeah. And it's not that that's the only way or the right way to do it, but it's like, I love to challenge people who think it's like, we have to go all vegan right away. And I'm like, I think you're going to burn yourself out. Let's go there, but let's take those small steps towards it. It's, it really is. It's, it's a challenging lifestyle because our, our society is not built around it. You know, so (laughs) it's not New York being in New York. It is um, much easier for sure. When I go, like I went to visit some family recently and they live in a very small, small town in an, on an Island actually. And there wasn't a whole lot of options. Well, there was, Actually, when you when you take a minute to search, there was. But the point being that 
um, there's New York is, has a plethora of options for you. Yeah. And there's a lot of specialty food stores where if you want something specific, they're going to have it, but you're right. It doesn't have to be so black and white and it shouldn't be so black and white because that's not necessarily sustainable. If you're actually after a lifestyle change, slow and steady is the way you're going to get there the, the fastest for the longest, right? Mm-hmm. But if you're really in it for a, a, to, to check a box on, on your completing this cool fad and you want to look this certain way, but you actually don't want to do any of the work, then you choose this really easy way that leaves you not liking what you're doing, disappointed, and you end up quitting before you even actually started. Yeah, for sure. I like that do it for you, which is going to be really important. Uh, it's uh, funny, I'm, I'm, I'm getting hit up right now on my phone about um, there's just this uh, group that I'm kind of part of, but Spike Mendelson from um, from Top Chef years ago, if you're familiar with it, he opened up pl- uh, Plant Burger, right? I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Ah. Plant Burger. They're new. They're just coming out. I think they're. I think that they're. They've been opening up a bunch. But Spike Mendelson has just started that, and so a lot of people I know are trying to try these plant-based burgers, which, um, you know, I think is a discussion in itself, but, uh, it's been, you know, just the plant-based lifestyle is very much, you know, coming into the more mainstream, which I think is really cool. Um, but it's good. I, did you want to add something there? Um, no, no, we don't have to go. Um, so I do want to be respectful, respectful of your time. If you have more time, please, like, I don't want to rush you. I want to make sure. But there was one thing that I want to make sure that we do bring up and give you some time to speak about. Um, and I think that was a little bit more about just mental health in general. Um, I think that you're a huge advocate for mental health. Uh, many directions to go off of just that one topic, whether it's, you know, reaching out for, um just personal support, talking with someone, whether it is medication or whether it is, you know, different kind of, you know, just changing your lifestyle to better support your mindset, whatever it is. Can I just leave that as an open-ended question? Um, How are you approaching mental health? What's the backstory on that? Yeah, um, you're right. So many avenues with mental health. Um, The, it really comes back down to the relationship for self. That's how, if I'm talking about my doll with somebody who's like, has a very big wall, or maybe they have a history with mental illness, but they are in denial, um, or whatever the case may be. Sometimes the word mental health is so like cloudy and it's, it's almost becoming a little buzzy these days where it's hard to discern what somebody might be, what they mean or what they're alluding to. So I will phrase it as the relationship with yourself. Um, because I think that's really what it comes down to. So for me and how I, how I show up for myself in that regard, um, our def it's definitely movement, nutrition are two of them. Um, but mindfulness practices by way of meditation is huge for me, huge. Um, and then therapy, I have a therapist, love it. Um, I wasn't always that way. I definitely was not always that way and come from a family that is kind of divided half think that it's not a thing that needs to be discussed or should be discussed for that matter. And the other half are really just me and, and, and one other are um, team talk to somebody, team let heal, team let let your traumas out so they don't, don't live inside you for the rest of your life. So I'm a huge, huge fan of therapy. But I think really these things, again, similar to the idea of getting started as a, with a plant-based diet, but not sure where to start. I think an easier way for people to, you know, immerse themselves in this is, is be vulnerable, have discussions with people that you care about that go beyond your level of comfort in terms of, 
of what deep is for you. It's these kitchen table talks, these like quick sidewalk chats that I think actually sink into different barriers the the strongest that have the most potency to them because they're casual they're off the riff they're they're not something that you have like wrote a paper about and you're discussing it with your your classmates i think those intimate conversations and that level of vulnerability where you can tell someone you know i feel depressed or i'm like i can't get out of bed or i'm having trouble eating and these are just all fall into one bucket it can be a myriad of different things maybe it's discussing your eating disorder with a loved one or, or a confidant maybe it's understanding what mania feels like or looks like um or any other thing we could go into anxiety these are just a few but opening up and being vulnerable is a tremendous superpower that not only benefits you but it gives permission for other people to do the same thing whether it's with you or with somebody else. And it's that silent permission that's, in my opinion, going to slice the stigma in half. The, the enough of us showing that we can do it and that it's okay to do it, hopefully will cause this huge domino effect where talking about mental health, talking about depression, talking about schizophrenia is as spoken about as the weather or what happened in the football game last night or in the gym. It will be strong components of, of everyday conversation because it matters. Yes, I, I love all that. I totally agree. Um, what, with us all being a little bit more open and vulnerable, what do you think it would change larger picture in terms of maybe our, you can say yeah. our city, our world, our society, what exactly do you feel being vulnerable and open, it will make us all what? One word. Accepting. Accepting. It, it, like, it, let's take athletes for instance and you feel like we're not we don't we don't all feel accepted is that what you're thinking hard no i i definitely don't think i mean i can only speak for myself but i i don't think everybody in this world feels accepted as who as who they genuinely are right i think we spend a lot of portion of myself myself uh, a lot of portion of our life myself included masking who we really are because perhaps there's a fear of rejection or you don't like yourself or whatever other um, situation may be in there. But I don't know if everybody feels completely accepted. And in taking the athlete example, for instance, so a male athlete, let's say, or a female competitive top of her game Olympic athlete to not be that strong, powerful, quick, fast, whatever version of yourself then makes you potentially look weak, look less than, you're not sought after enough, da, 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 and it leaves you feeling like you have to be this way or you're not good enough. Same thing with an exec, right? Who runs a big company. Like who's to say he can't have a mental breakdown and like a lot of things happen. Um, or a kid, for instance, who doesn't know anything other than their own lived experience, but they feel this tremendous amount of something, but they feel the need to mask it because they have to do whatever it is that they're trying to do to help somebody in their family. And I'm using these vague scenarios because it would be really easy for me to give a very specific experience. But I think these feelings show up so many times in so many places so often that it's like breathing. We forget it's even happening. It shows up in our advertising, on the shoot, on the shows we watch, and the conversations you hear on the subway when your friends are just talking shit, but it's really fucking hurtful. Sorry to cuss. This is what happens when I get passionate about it. It's so common 
for us to mask and, and put down and disguise and, and all of these things that if we just took a moment to be a little bit more vulnerable once a day with somebody, I, I really strongly believe that that would have a triple effect. Not immediately, but we're not after fixing our generation. It's for the generations after us. Yeah, for sure. I feel like there's a stigma with all this, right? Right. These generations, which is, I don't want to put blame and be like, well, we are the way we are because, but right. um, I think that things could have been a little bit uh, softer, maybe a little bit more forgiving, whatever <laughs> Mental, yeah. from where we grew up. Yeah. It's real. Believe everything that you are saying. Yeah, it, it definitely is real. Um everything you're saying, I completely connect with. And I think the a, a big thing, not only is it just kind of discovering, you know, the person behind all of these um, uh, very impactful people, right? Like we think that trainers and dietitians and chefs and clinicians, like that we are doing it perfectly. And we know, you know, from your story and others is that, you know, there is more of a person behind it. And, you know, being able to kind of speak up and discover yourself, we all have to do it. But also, at the same time, with what you're what you're saying about being accepted, I think that with that vulnerability, which is you hopping on here and talking about these things, we will all find that there's probably a lot, many, if not ninety nine percent of us, we have so many similarities. Yeah. That really, you know what? The only thing that's really separating you from that person or you from your dream or you from becoming a better version of yourself than what you feel you're currently at is just your decision. That's all it is. It's not this innate genetic, you know, yeah. freakish kind of thing that made this person who they were. It was a decision. And if we all are just a little more open, just like you're saying, you can become that and just got to take those next steps. Again, it starts with that vulnerability. So anyway, I love that. So amazing. <laughs> um, but again, I do, I know that I'm, we're now running close to an hour. Um, and just to be respectful of your time, um, I want to thank you. And let me just ask you though, do you feel like yeah. you were able to represent, represent yourself well here? And is there anything yeah. else you wish that I had, I had asked you? No, no, I feel, I feel very complete. I feel very complete. <laughs> um, I can talk all day, big, big talker over here. Um, sure. I do. I feel like we, we highlighted a lot and, you know, thank you so much for, for having me on and, and giving me this opportunity to allow people to get to know me a little bit better. I think that it's so easy to have this idea or this persona in our head of people that we met once, admire, look up to whatever it may be. Um, but like you said, there's so much more behind that person. Um, and it's just, it's a really great feeling to be able to express myself and give people a little more insight into who I am and, and why I am the way I am. So thank you. Yes. Well, you are a wonderful person. Again, I will end this with uh, peaceful and spiritual is how I defined you. Actually, before we go, just tell people again where they, where they can find more about you. And, you know, we didn't even talk about Tone House. So if you want to <laughs> chill your classes and whatever else you got to do, please do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I will. Big facts. Okay. So I teach at Tone House. I teach Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday. Um, Monday morning, Wednesday morning, Friday, mid-afternoon, Saturday morning. Um, so you can catch me there, strength and conditioning. You can read my bio at www.tonehouse.com. In the coaches section, you can go to my website, which is www.itsnatalia.com. And then if you want to peek into my everyday life, my plants, my juices, <laughs> my overnight oats, and the occasional picture of a poodle um, named Duchess, it's Tala Than You, T-A-L-A-T-H-A-N-Y-O-U, and that's on Instagram.
that's all I got. Excellent. Perfect. Well, let's leave it there. Um, and again, thank you for being on uh, on my podcast, Fuel You. Um, but for everyone out there, again, I'm Ryan Turner, your registered dietitian, and uh, always here to fuel you. So thank you, Natalia. Thank you so much. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Where's the stop record button? My goodness, now it's happening. Where'd it go? It's gone. Are you going to do this? There it goes.